You're listening to a Sun Life podcast. We pray that you be blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more information, visit sunlife.org.au. Enjoy the sermon. Morning, church. My name is Ben, and I'm the pastor here. And I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for putting time aside to come and, and, and worship God together in this community here. You know, we live in a day and age where we can do things uh, from home, and there's nothing wrong with ordering food from home, shopping from home. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's so good that we've made the commitment to be here, that you've made the decision to get up in the morning, get change, hop in your car or public transport or a bike, and, and be here as the people of God to worship Him together to declare that Jesus is alive. He's not just some magical God out there that we worship, but He lives and He rules and reigns inside our hearts. And that we're here as family, and I want you to know that your presence really encouraged me. I want you to know that. And I want you to know that when you worship and when you sing, when you minister to God, you encourage those on stage. So thank you, Sun Life Church. Keep it up. I'm looking down, and for the last few weeks that I have been preaching and being on stage, I see a packed house. And, and so I'm saying that just to prepare your heart that maybe, maybe sometimes this year we might have to go back to double services, uh, depending on how we go with uh, kids, because you do know that there's some 60, 70 kids next door with volunteers next door serving uh, to the left of this auditorium. And, and so I'm just really praying and just trusting God for wisdom to find when is the right time to uh, go back to second service. But right now, it is great to stand before you to open up the Word of God. Um, church, we are starting a new series this morning titled God's Community. And it's really ecclesiology. It's studying the church, everything about the church. What is the church? What, is, what does it mean to be part of the church? Who built the church? How is the church sustained? What is the function of the church? What is the purpose of the church? So I want to give us a bit of a deep theology on the church and so that we know why God has gathered people together and we know why we exist and why the church exists. So this morning here, um, if you have the church app, it's good to get the church app out because um, it's a slightly different style of preaching than previous weeks. Uh, so get your church app out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we'll go through this morning here and then you can type some some notes. If you don't have the church app, all you need to do is go to the church website and then you can download the app from there. Um, yeah, and hopefully that's a good tool for you to always go back and go, oh yeah, I remember that message on the church and this is what the church is all about. And this is what he means when he talks about the invisible church and the visible church. And, and this is the reason why we exist. So it's good to go back and check it every now and then. And it's good for me as a preacher and a, and a former teacher to really just force you to take some some notes and get you to do some work rather than just sit there and just osmosis absorb, all right? So, but anyhow, this morning here, what I want to do is I want to, I want to break the message into three parts. You know, what is the church? Who built the church? And how is it being built? The other three things I want to get into us this morning here. So, what is the church? Who built the church? And how is this church being built all right, so when we think of the church, when we think of the church, ask the average Aussie, what is the church? And the answer is usually something like this. It's an old building. 
it's a building, right? And I don't blame them for thinking like that because in the past, what they would do is they would build a church first and then they would build a community around the church, right? If you go to, say, Adelaide, Adelaide is known as the, the city of churches because, you know, they were renowned for building a church in a suburb and then building communities around it. So the average Aussie would think that the church is a place where good people go. Is that right? On Sunday, good people go, and we know that that's not the case because I'm definitely not a good person. I'm always trying to work on my growth and my, you know, understanding what it means to be more like Jesus. But the Aussie, the average Aussie would say the church is a place where good people go, right? It takes place in an old building, yeah, with old people singing old songs who are so old school on Sunday. Is that right? And you ask most people, that's their understanding of the church. It's a building where people go and they're so out of date. I mean, why would people even believe in this book? All right? And that's the understanding of most Aussies. But the Greek word for church is the word ecclesia. Ecclesia is really... Um, an assembly or a gathering, a community of people who gather because they have something in common, they are following Jesus, right? So the biblical understanding of the church is not a place, but people. But not just people, when people gather, all right? Ecclesia is a gathering, an assembly, a community of people who come together because they all are following the same person. And in our case, that's Jesus. Is that right? And so that's what is the church. And it includes everyone, everyone on the face of the planet, right? If they, if you, if them, if every one of us have made the decision to follow Jesus, right? then we are the church. People who are alive today and also people who have passed away in the past. So the church includes everyone who follows Jesus, dead or alive, okay? And so when we think of that, we tend to say it's known as the universal church, okay? It includes everyone universally, all Christians, whether you're living in Australia or you live in America or in Asia, all believers, whether you're alive or you are dead, this is known as the universal church or sometimes the invisible church. All right? Invisible in the sense that there is no physical location. All right? Invisible in the sense there's no like GPS coordinates. All right? Invisible in the sense that some people are no longer here because they've passed away. Right? Invisible in the sense that God sees the heart of those who truly follows Jesus. The reality is this, is that in the church, not everyone truly follows Jesus. And I stand here before you and I say that there are people here in this church who really loves Jesus and follows Jesus and those who are not following Jesus. I don't know who. And that's not my job, you know? My job is not to go, oh, yeah, you're a true follower. I'll see you in heaven, and we're going to have part in heaven. Or you are not, because, no, that's not my job. Because I can't see the heart. I can't see the heart, the invisible thing. But God can, all right? And so God sees all those who are true followers 
in their hearts. He looks at all those who are alive and those who are dead around the world, and that's known as the universal church, the invisible church. All right? So when you think of that definition, that's wonderful because we're all connected, we're all related. But then there's also the local church. Sun Life Church is a local church. Right? We are a visible church. You know why? Because right now I look down, I see you all. There are millions of visible local churches around the world. We here happen to be in the heart of Leaderville. Is that right? We have got a physical address, 338 Oxford Street. I, I did a Google search during the week and we've got a GPS coordinate. It's right here. I don't know what those numbers stand for but it looks pretty fancy. So wherever you are around the world, you punch those two numbers, minus 31.927, 115.842, you come right here. Okay? We are a local church, visible because people can see us, people can hear us, and there are millions upon millions of local churches on the face of this earth with their different expression of how they follow Jesus and how they love Jesus. And here's the connection here. Here's the connection here, right? Is that the universal church creates the visible church or local church and we display and point to the universal church. Uh, there's a diagram here which might help you understand this, right? So, the universal church is all the people around the world, wherever you are, dead or alive, it creates the local churches, so we're a local church, and our job is to display or point to the universal church. So it's like a cycle. You see that? And that's so important to understand. Here's the reason why. Because if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, and you love Jesus, and you call yourself the church, but you don't want anything to do with the church. Like, you don't want to be part of the church. You don't want to gather on the weekend. You don't want to contribute or participate. Well, the problem with that understanding is that your lifestyle will not display or point to the invisible church. Do you understand that? It's when we, the local church, get it right and our lifestyle is, is in a way where we display and we point to the universal church. That's when we get it right. That's like when James said in his writing that, oh, I have faith, but there's no good deeds. What's the point? Remember? He, James, he talks about that. He goes, what's the point of you telling, you know, that you've got faith in God when there's no good deeds? Really? Do you really have faith? That's James' argument. So I would say this, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you belong to the church, but you don't want anything to do with the local church, you know, Jesus and me, we do our own thing, solo Christianity, come and go, don't really want to serve, don't really want to be connected, don't really want to be better together, better alone. You get it, right? Well, then that lifestyle would never ever display and point to the universal church. Does that make sense? So when Jesus talks about building the church, or Paul talks about Jesus dying for the church, he's referring to every one of us, the universal church. So what is the church? It's a gathering 
It's an assembly of all those who have made the decision to follow Jesus. Dead or alive, around the world, we call that the universal church or the invisible church. Invisible in the sense that God sees the heart. He sees the invisible heart. He sees the true followers. And then we have local churches. Sun Life Church, we are a local church. Right here in the heart of Leaderville, Oxford Street. People can see us. People can touch us. People can you know, hear us sing. And we have a role to make sure that whatever we do, point, direct, display the universal church. And if we're not doing that, we have to ask ourselves the question, are we really the local church? Do you understand that? So that's the first thing I want to get out of the way. The local church, the invisible church, the universal church. So who built the church? Well, if you have your Bible, go with me to Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus once said this, and I tell you, and he's speaking to Peter, that on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hells will not overcome it. Who builds the church? Jesus. Jesus builds the church. It's from God alone. And it's very important for every Christian leader to understand this, that we do not build the church. The church did not come from us. We need to remind ourselves that it is Jesus who's building the church. And I must admit that sometimes, over the last 12 years of leading this church here, I have fallen to the trap of assuming that the ministry at Sun Life Church is based on whether it's my leadership or my charisma or my preaching or whatever. And that is not the case. It's never been about us. It's been the grace of God, that God is kind to this church, God is kind to us, and God has allowed us to grow because He is working behind the scenes. So if you are a ministry leader, if you are leading a ministry at Sun Life Church, whether it's kids' church or youth or creative or welcome, whatever it may be, never fall into the trap to think that, yeah, it's all yours truly. I am the one building this church. I'm the one that's making this ministry grow. It's all me. How good am I? The scripture is very clear that Jesus is the one building the church This is His church, and we get to take part in seeing what He is doing. We get to ride with Him on the journey of Him building His church, building His people. That should humble us to keep trusting Him. That whatever comes our way, whatever glory, whatever accolades, it all belongs to Him. Because He is the one building this church. Paul once said this in Corinthians 3, 6. He says, you know, I planted... Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God is the one making it grow, right? God is causing the growth. God is growing. And so you and I, we are like the Paul and the Apollos. We get to work together. We get to serve together. But God is the one building His church. He is the one growing you, growing me, growing our ministry, growing the people around us. It's all Him Therefore, all the glory belongs to Him and never us. Amen. So, who's building the church? Jesus. And the gates of hell will not prevail. And I love that. Let me encourage you, ministry leaders, 
That if right now, if you feel that your ministry is going nowhere, if you feel that, oh my goodness, I'm just a bad leader and, and my ministry is not growing, the Word of God says that Jesus is building the church and nothing's going to stop it. Hold true to His Word. Read His Word. Trust Him. Don't give up. Don't throw in the white towel. Don't say, it's too hard. I'm not doing this. I'm walking away. Don't. Do not do that. Because if you're throwing in the white towel, then you know what you're saying? I'm the one doing it. I'm the one growing it. But you keep trusting Him. Jesus, what are you teaching me in this moment? What are you showing me? How can I do this better? Give me perseverance. Give me resilience. Help me. Remind me that in my weakness, your grace, your strength, your power is made perfect, that all things were good. Help me. He's building his church and nothing can stop it. You know, when we give up, when we say it's too hard, it's a shame. Let's keep trusting him. Amen. So he is the one building this church. So how does he do this? So how is he building Sun Life Church? How is he building all the churches around the world? Well, if you have your Bible, go with me to Mark chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. This is like the first time that Jesus is beginning to build a community around him. So this is Jesus, right? And he went on to the mountain, that's Jesus, and he called with him. He called, he gathered whom he desired, whoever he wanted, right? And they came to him, and then Jesus appointed 12 whom he also named apostles. So he's gathering the 12 disciples so that he might do what? Be with him, right? And he might send them out to preach, casting out demons, doing ministry. So how is he building the church? Three things. He gathers, he establishes, and he sends. That's what he's been doing at the very beginning of the time, and that's what he's doing here at Sun Life Church. How is he building? He gathers people, he establishes people, and He sends people. Let me talk about those three things. The first one, He gathers people to Himself. You know, in the Old Testament, God is forever gathering people to Himself. He's calling people to Himself, His sons and daughters from afar, with the purpose of worshipping Him. We see that in the Old Testament. We see that in the New Testament. God loves to gather people to Himself to worship Him. This here is a gathering. God is gathering you and me this morning to come to worship Him. And we do this weekly. Okay, I know of friends that gather twice a week, three times a week. But at Sun Life Church, we gather as a family every Sunday morning for a time of worship. And you know, when you come together like this on a Sunday morning, all right, in the heart of Leaderville, and you worship Him, you bring glory to Him. Right now, what you are doing, you are bringing glory to God. So when you lean into the preaching of God's Word, listening right now, right, and when you are worshipping Him wholeheartedly, not just singing a song, but declaring how good He is, all right, and when you are praying to Him, yeah, and talking to Him, confessing your sin, all that act right here on a Sunday morning when He gathers us, you are bringing glory to Him right now. And I want you to know that we are gathering together, sitting under the Word of God, listening to the Word of God preach, singing to Him, we are actually ministering to God right now. Let me say that again. We minister to God. We minister to God when we come together on a Sunday. And that's not heresy. 
Because the word minister means to serve, to, to give attention to someone. So when we sing, we're actually ministering to God. When we are listening carefully to the preaching of God's word, we are ministering to God. You know, when we are confessing and, you know, admitting that we need to change and we are praying, we're saying, God, would you help us? All those acts brings glory to God. So right now, you are doing that. Keep it up. Please keep it up. Paul says this in Colossians 3.16. He says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You see what Paul is saying? He says, Christians in Colossae, sit under the Word, encourage each other, sing, worship together, have a grateful heart, When you do that every time you gather, that act brings glory to God. And that's why I started this message at the very beginning to say thank you that you are here. Because you being here means that this is important to you. This is a priority for you during the week. That this is not optional. Do you understand that, right? You know what optional means? It means that there are so many choices that you have to pick what is best. I love going to the Cambridge Food Court in Wembley because you go in there and you go, well, am I going to have Malaysian this morning? Am I going to have Vietnamese or or Japanese or Chinese? Whatever. And you go and you pick the option that maybe, maybe is the cheapest. Maybe it's the cheapest if you're struggling. Or maybe what you feel like that day. Is that right? I feel like Japanese. I'm going to have teriyaki chicken. All right. So that's an option. You imagine me treating Tran, my wife, like that. I say to Tran, honey, I'm not, I'm not coming home from work. I don't want to join you for dinner. I feel like joining Jordan because Jordan's cooked a nice 10-hour brisket. I'm going to go with Jordan and I'll enjoy a meal with him and I'll come home later that night. I, I know that Tran won't say anything but I know it will break her heart because I've picked Jordan over her. I know Jordan will be delighted that I've spent time with him. But sometimes we, we do that with God. Sometimes we go, well, what's the option out there on a Sunday morning? I'll pick that over you, God. Or sometimes it's just like, I don't feel like it. I just don't want to come. I just can't be bothered. Oh, I've had a big Saturday night and I'm just not up for it. You know, that breaks the heart of God. But when you have made the decision to say, this is a priority for me, together with His people, to sing songs to Him, to listen to the Word preached, to serve one another, to even like sing psalms and hymns to one another. Go ahead, after service, why don't you in the foyer sing psalms and hymns to each other? It's biblical. Go for it. I won't stop you. God is glorified. You know, the new ones, the new ones, my family, um, my kids are like this. I'll say it anyway, is that even on holidays, on holidays, 
we're not here, but we're still at a church somewhere. And they're like, Dad, we're on the holidays. Do we have to go to church? Do we have to be at church? And I said, yeah. Because I want my kids, I want my household, I want the new ones to know that as part of our weekly rhythm, that Sunday worship is important to us, that it is a priority and never an option. I get it that sometimes I'm sick and I can't be there. I get it. I get it. I get it sometimes the kids are ill and we can't come to church. I get it. I get it sometimes the alarm didn't go off and we miss church. I get it. That's okay. Those things happen. But when it becomes an option, I'm picking this over that, it breaks the heart of God. And I want to say this to parents right now, parents, that my heart is not only to disciple you, but to disciple your children. And if you learn to see my heart, that this is important, and you do that at home, and that becomes a culture in your household, then it's going to be an amazing journey for your kids to see that in your household, Sunday worship is important. If you can't get there on Sunday morning, find a place Sunday night. Have it as part of your rhythm that you're gathering as the people of God to worship Him. That's what He does. He gathers people weekly to worship Him and it brings glory to Him. The second thing He does is He establishes people in communities. He does that. So a community here is us. We care for each other. Is that right? We serve each other. We love each other. We are there for each other. We correct each other. Yeah, we correct each other. We disciple each other. We are better together. You know, I, I, I've said this to you before, that this is great and this brings glory to God and this is encouraging to me, but I want you to know that when God builds His church, He gathers people to Himself, but He also establishes community here. And when we come together and we nurture each other, ultimately we want to grow because nurturing has its end goal in maturation, to be mature, to be more like Jesus. Like, like any father and mother out there, you, you, you agree with me, right? We want to nurture our children. Yeah, we want to see them during those you know, childhood years and uh, puberty, adolescence years. And, and, and hopefully when they get to their adult years, they're mature to start their family. And that's why we nurture them. And when we nurture one another in community, it brings glory to Him. So when we come here and all it is is just me glorifying God and me listening to God's Word and me seeing God, that's great. But that's only one-third of how He's building the church. One-third. Because the second third is that He establishes community. He allows us to be in community so that we care for each other, that we can serve one another, look out for each other. And that's why Christian fellowship is so important. Christian fellowship is so important. Listen carefully, friends. Listen carefully. Listen to me. Don't lose me here. We have friends who are outside the church. That's beautiful. I have many friends who are outside the church, and I love them, and they're great friends, and we have great time together. But there's something wonderful about Christian fellowship, Christian friends. Because they will always come to a point where we will minister to each other with a spiritual attitude. They will speak into each other's lives with the authority of Scripture, 
not what we think is right, what society is telling us right, but the authority of Scripture. That's the reason why we've got to have Christian brothers and sisters to speak to us in the spiritual realm. My encouragement is that in this church here, that we are friends, we are family, we look out for each other. That, you know, parents, if your kid is celebrating a birthday, I would love to see other Sun Lifers there celebrating the birthday with your children. That we are a tribe and that we look out for each other, that we help raise our children together. Youth, my prayer is that you guys really love each other. That you will grow through the crazy years of, you know, trying to figure out what it means to be a teenager and an adult with people in this church who loves you and loves Jesus so that you guys can really minister to each other. Young adults as well. You want brothers and sisters who love Jesus, who loves you and say, hey, you know what? I wouldn't be dating that guy. That guy's not good. Have you seen so-and-so at church? He's good. That's what you want. You want brothers and sisters who loves you and who loves Jesus. And the Christian fellowship is so important that we are growing together, that we are serving each other, that we are speaking life to each other. You know, and I expect, I really expect in this church here that I'm able to care for you and that you would care for me. That I'm able to love you with all my heart and that you would love me back. That I'm able to serve you and that you would serve me. That I'm able to encourage you and you would encourage me. That I'm able to correct you and please you correct me. That's what I want. And when you do that and when I do that, you know what? We are being cared for, we are being nurtured and we will grow into the likeness of the one we are following and his name is Jesus Christ. He is establishing community, you and I, so that we can grow. Ephesians 4, 15, 16 says this, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. You see that? You do your work, I do my work, I encourage you, you encourage me, I serve you, you serve me, you correct me, I correct you. We all do our part and we grow and we strengthen just like the body and its ligaments and its part and we will grow into maturity with Christ the head. He gathers people for Himself, He establishes community. That's you and I. And lastly, he sends people into the world. Because in the text, Jesus, he gathers the 12 and he sends the disciples to preach the gospel, right? The good news that God came into this world with the solution to the problem of sin. You know what is a, a good indication if a church is healthy? Listen carefully. Not the preaching. Not the Sunday expression or what we do here on Sunday. It's actually the fact that the church is looking for people to be part of the kingdom. That's a healthy indicator that the church is getting right. That the church is actually looking for people 
who needs Jesus and reaching out to Jesus. Like when we come here on Sunday, I, I, my, 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 my encouragement to you as your pastor is don't just look out for your friends. Don't just look out for your connect group. Don't just look out for the person that you've been chatting with and a bit of banter throughout the whole week. Look out for someone who is new. Look out for someone who is coming here for the first time, who wants to know more about Jesus or who have just reallocated and wants to find a community to help them grow in the Lord. Because I'm not interested in growing numbers. I'm not interested in seeing a church big for the sake of being big. I'm interested in us being in community, being sent out to reach people far from Jesus to help people grow into the maturity of Jesus. We should look out. You know, I was in Noosa for five and a half months. I'm sorry, three and a half months. uh, And I was in this church. And I walked into the church. It was the first week in Noosa on my long service leave. And the very first thing I said to myself is, I'm not going to stay in this church. Because there's a lot of things I didn't like about the church. And I was like, you know what? It's so, it's so similar to Sun Life Church. It's around the same size. And it's, I'm going to leave and look for another church, maybe the Baptist church down the road. And I'm there. And towards the end of the service, this guy tapped me on the shoulder. And he says, hey, you must be new here. Um, what's your name? I, I, I kind of lied at this point in time. I said my name was Benny. Uh, Benny. I, I worked as a barista. You know, that was, that was kind of my, my storyline there. And, and then he started saying, hey, you, you, you're, you're new. I, I would love for you to meet some of my friends. In fact, we're going to have lunch afterwards. Come in and have lunch with us. Hey, I'll buy you a coffee. And he introduced me to his friends, and we got to know the friends. And towards the end of that little lunch session, he said to me, hey, Ben, here's my mobile number. I know how hard it is to establish in a new city or town. Here's my mobile number. Give me a call if you need any help. I was blown away. And I said to myself, you know what? If someone gave me that attention and noticed me and looked out for me, this is the church that I want to stay. And I stayed at that church for three and a half months. And I, you know my story. I, I served in that church. They didn't know I was a pastor. I served in that church in the kitchen. And I just volunteered every week. And it was just great. Here's my point. There are people in this community here who are trying to follow Jesus. And I think that if you are already established here, don't look inwards. Look outwards. Get to know people. Take them out for lunch. Exchange mobiles, follow them on social media, get to know them. But here's the, here's the amazing thing, that God in His wisdom, He sends you and I out after the service. From Monday to Saturday, He's scattering us out throughout the city of Perth. Is that right? Some of you live on the hills, some of you by the ocean, by the river, up north, down south. You're scattered everywhere and you're all on mission to bring the good news to those around you. He's leaving us in different pockets in the city of Perth so that we could bring light to the people around us. Look outwards. He's sending you. Don't assume that the whole sending is for missionaries. Oh, that's a missionary's job. They're they're doing it in, in Indonesia. Good on them. No, no, no. That's everyone's job. You and me. There's a story of a young salesman. He was very disappointed because he was losing this big sale, right? And then he went to talk to his line manager, and he said to his manager, well, I guess it proves it. It proves it that you can lead a horse to water, 
but you cannot make the horse drink it. And his manager replied, his manager said this, Son, take my advice. Your job is not to make him drink, but to make him thirsty. Your life and my life should be so filled with Jesus that there is a thirst for the gospel to everyone that encounters us. And they want to know more about this Jesus. They want to know more about this good news. They want to know more about Sun Life Church. They want to know more about why you're following Jesus. Live in such a way where you love radically that creates a thirst for the gospel, that you forgive easily, that you give generously, you live peacefully. You're that non-anxious person in the company where people will come and chat to you when things are not going right. Create a thirst for the gospel so that people say, hey, tell me, why are you like that? What's so different about you? And there's your opening. Can I tell you about the one who came to save me? Can I tell you about this Jesus? In fact, I don't believe that this conversation here is a coincidence. I really believe that this is a divine appointment, that God has placed me on this path to share with you that Jesus loves you and that you don't have to carry your burdens. His yoke is light. That's what you and I need to do. And this is for everyone, not just the pastors and staff here, those in school, in your school, in your university, wherever God is patient with your work, your, your, your sporting fields, maybe the, the bus stop, wherever. Filled with Christ. So there's a thirst for the gospel. And that's an opening to share. So how's he building the church? Well, he's gathering people for himself. He establishes community. And he sends you and I to the world. So there are the three things I want you to remember this morning. What is the church? The community of believers, of followers, visible and invisible, all right? In the heavenly realms, those who are not here and those who are here, that's the universal church. In the earthly realm, the local churches, it's physical. Sun Life Church is one of it. That our job is to live in such a way that we display and show the expression of the universal church who built the church? Jesus. Not you, not me, Jesus. And how is He doing it? Well, He gathers, He establishes, and He sends. Amen? So that's the first uh, message for the series on God's communion. And I hope that gives you a good theology of what it means to be the church. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much that we can start this morning with just what it means to be your community what it means to be church. That it's not a building, it's not a place that we go to on Sunday, but it's a gathering of your people. We gather to worship you, to care for one another, to be inspired, to be sent into the world to reach people. Jesus, thank you that you are building the church and the gates of Hades yeah, is no match. It will not prevail. Jesus, thank you so much that you are the head of the church. You're the head of Sun Life Church. And we are body. And we get to 
Yes, serve each other, care for each other, nurture each other. Thank you so much. Jesus, thank you so much that you died for the church. You love the church. And we're so grateful that we belong to this local church here. And it doesn't stop here, that we know there are more people to reach, more people to love and serve. Will you help us live lives saturated with Jesus Christ to build a thirst for the gospel for those that you will send upon our way. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.